Hi there, it's Cameron Vakillian with Inspiring Internships, the podcast where we discuss what makes a successful internship and why. For this episode, I am thrilled to have Zach Ames joining me to talk about the Bloomingdale's internship program and an important message for so many aspiring interns out there, expand your zone. Zach, so excited to have you in the studio today. And I know you're an Aggie, but welcome to the University of Utah. Thank you for allowing me to enter back onto this campus. Uh, I have been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. (laughs) Me too. Yeah, we've had some really excellent conversations already about this, so I'm excited to formally have you on the podcast today. Zach is an award-winning leadership and talent development expert, coach, and founder of XYZ Leadership. Zach also managed the internship program for Bloomingdale's in New York City, which we'll be talking a lot about. But before we dive into that, I want to talk XYZ for a moment, because I'm so inspired by some of the things I saw from your website. It says your approach is, quote, dynamic, engaging, and at its core, experiential, which is a buzzword we are hearing a lot these days. So uh, can you elaborate on what that means exactly? Yeah, so a couple of things there. First, uh, when I was building the company, the idea was pre-pandemic and was going to be much more in-person and actually putting people through experiences really to test boundaries and to understand through the coaching process then some of the psychology of what happens when you do get pushed up against where you think your limits might be. Even with my current clients, a lot of my coaching still, even if it may not be in-person or a hike that we're going on that might be difficult. The reality is I'm constantly working on their real world experiences to understand what they're doing or what they want to do. We have to actually go and try the behavior in order to really understand what's happening. All too often we get into the idea or the thought or the dream of what could be And that only takes us so far. There's kind of an old adage, I don't know where it comes from, but clarity comes through action, not thought. And so that's a lot of my work is taking the ideas and the dreams people have, but what's the next step? What's the next action? And trying to create as grounded of an experience as possible to help us better understand ourselves and then therefore what is actually possible. Yeah, we learn so much through that process. And it's so great that you're saying this kind of emerged pre-pandemic, but that shook things up a little bit, right? I'm even finding this still today with working with employers and internships, how to still create that experiential component in remote ways or other unique ways. But I'm so glad that that's still such a fundamental core to your approach because really it's how all of my students have learned what they know and have been successful is just diving in, getting into the weeds making those mistakes too, right? It's all part of that zone that we're going to talk about today that is really questioning our comfort. But in a way to learn, we kind of have to challenge our comfort. I think it's the only way. Yeah. Learning lives on the edge, right? There is nothing that's happening. If I already know it, I'm not going to learn anything new about it. So I have to push outside of what is already within my sphere or realm in order to actually advance and grow. Yeah, learning is the unknown, so we can't be afraid of it. So now let's talk Bloomingdale's. Tell me more about the program and your background with that. So this was a really fun program. I got really lucky that in my own career, 
I knew that I wanted to be in the world of leadership, talent development in some capacity, but still myself didn't really know what it was. I didn't actually have an internship in this field, didn't work in any HR departments, but knew that's where I wanted to be. So I got really fortunate because many of my own mentors or advisors said, oh, that's a career for people, you know, after 10 or 15 years, go be an account manager, and then you can transition over and start to work in this world once you have, quote unquote, more gray hair. So it was a tricky balance of knowing what I wanted, being told I kind of couldn't have it, and then Bloomingdale's coming in perfectly in timing and allowing for junior leadership development, essentially. So thinking internship programs, first-time entry-level development-type programs. So I actually became the manager of both the intern programs and what was their buyer training program and later on helped create and develop and introduce their analyst development program and some of the more technical or more support function pieces into our broader programming. And New York City, right? What an amazing experience for people to get to come because this internship program is based in New York, right? Now, is there remote capabilities with this program or expected to be in New York? So at the time, it was in person. So everyone would come uh, from around the country to New York City. That said, we had a parallel or kind of sister program. So if you wanted to be a store manager or actually work physically in the stores, those opportunities were spread throughout the country and, and some of the other major locations. But for the central or the corporate offices, so to speak, that was all based in New York. Yeah. And I've seen some other programs too, you know, that have that kind of same thing where they will kind of place you accordingly, but they have usually a primary location where they're based. And it's really cool for students and aspiring interns because it's an incredible experience to get out there and learn. So from your time managing this program, what was that like? What did you see students learning in the process of being in a whole different city and you being in a different city yourself? So, yeah, I ended up being in New York for almost 10 years, went pretty much straight after college. And it is such a fun, new and exciting place, especially as a kid who was born and raised in Taylorsville, Utah, a very different world, which I think helped me in terms of relatability for some of these students who were coming from foreign places. And, you know, in that idea that what is this? I am used to driving and now I'm on the subway every day and the the chaos and the noise that is just as important to the idea of, is this a place I want to work, right? We often talk about internships as a two-way interview process. It's not just whether or not we like you, it's whether or not you want to do this work. And part of that, depending on the industry, is also location-based, right? Uh, Maybe it's not New York City, but some internships, the idea is that you're on the road a lot. You have to travel a lot. Some people absolutely love it and thrived and found that really good. Other people found it overwhelming. Other people would find like, oh, wow, I can't balance this very effectively. And I'm wanting to not just only work hard, but maybe I'm playing a little too hard in New York City on the weekends. And one of my favorite stories to tell now, it was one of my least favorite moments of running a program. I had one intern while we had a Q&A session with the president of Bloomingdale's He was probably the second person away from him and he started to fall asleep during this one-on-one Q&A presentation. I was just dying inside and I was across (laughs) the room and I couldn't throw a pen at him to say, wake up. And that was part of the conversation is he had just probably been a little overwhelmed by the fact of what his roommates and everyone else was doing in New York City and what he thought 
life there should look like. Yeah. I remember I once was an intern in New Orleans and it was a program that was so awesome, took me totally outside of my zone, right? I got to live someplace completely different, an amazing city for a couple months. <laughs> and I loved it, but boy, was that a test during that time of my life to still stay focused because I had so many things I wanted to do in the city and experience with my housing and new friends I was making, but had a professional job to do. So I definitely know how that can be a struggle for some interns, for sure. We often don't get those moments in our lives. I think it's one of the amazing things that I love about the idea of an internship is it is such a peculiar little container in the course of our lives, not just our career, that you get to go and kick the tires on something and test something. And maybe you do move somewhere for two or three months and that's okay. And once you start your real life, so to speak, rarely do you just go, you know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go live somewhere for a little while. Um, and many of us typically don't do that, especially up here at the U, right? Many people live here in Salt Lake and you've kind of stayed here. You haven't had that experience. And so what an amazing gift to be able to package that all up at once. That is the moment you get to learn so much about yourself because you haven't had to worry about it. Even if you have roommates or if you're in your parents' basement or something, you aren't being tested in those ways of like, what are my values? How do I prioritize? We think we know ourselves and then all of a sudden here's reality, and right? There and could so be what so much gift. more to us. Absolutely. Like so much more we haven't discovered yet because we were in the same settings, we were in the same routines, but this challenges us to look beyond that. And so to great. discover, right? Not in a bad way, not to say like, oh my gosh, I don't have control over any of these things. Sometimes it's this amazing thing like, oh yeah, you get to actually prove to yourself that you do and you get to rewrite some of that script because there's more inputs, there's more data, more information for you to say, okay, this is how I actually want my life to look. This is how I want my work to look. This is how I want to be known in my industry. And all of that often comes from those great moments. And that, of course, does not require you to move to New York City or New Orleans. You can absolutely do that even locally. But it is, again, that gift. And that's my big piece with the work I do now is it's not just the experience. It's the learning based on it, mm -hmm. right? It's how do you take that time and reflect and actually cultivate and curate the experience into learning. And that's where the magic really starts to happen is what you get to shine and polish that rock to become the diamond of your life. Yes, yes, indeed. And going back to Bloomingdale's, at the surface, it kind of seems right, like a retail kind of field. It'd be something like sales or merchandising. But what else is there to it? What what are we not seeing with the Bloomingdale's internships? There's a lot that most people don't see, even when you say retail. And the thing that I love most about retail is it's probably the truest and most raw form of business that there is. When a buyer, right, the main merchant, it's just so literal even in the language we use. Think of the old version of going to the market, the town square to buy your goods, and then you'd go and take that and sell back to other people and you would mark that up. That's essentially what retail is. So a buyer from Bloomingdale's will go to pick any vendor, Mark Jacobs or Alice and Olivia, and say, hey, we saw your runway, but we made these notes and here's all of our market research and data and here's our trend and here's our report and here's what the fashion office says is important and here's 
the profit margin that we need to hit this year. And you do some deep analysis, but it wasn't just like, oh, I think that dress is cute, so let me buy five of them. It's a, no, I have this many doors, and I know that in Miami, they prefer color over New York, which might have more black. And also online, color sells better than black. So you're actually thinking about this as a much broader spectrum of what is going to sell. So Bloomingdale's is unique in that it really is a lifestyle brand and the fact that there are, uh, there's an infant and children's section, there's stuff for men and women, you've got home and home furnishings. And so one of my other favorite stories from this, we had one of our interns who had previously worked at one of the accessories closets at one of the major fashion magazines. And so a little maybe more fun and playful and doing photo shoots and what you kind of think of on the fashion side. And so she came and just assumed because of that background, she was going to get to work in the fun, bright type fashion stuff. And she actually got assigned to the home department selling mattresses and sofas. And she was devastated on day one. And a few things there. One, this wasn't, you know, Billy's Furniture Outlet or whatever it was. We sold really nice, beautiful furniture. So that was the first step is go take her to the floor, have her see the beautiful product. The second, people typically only buy furniture once every so many years. So to understand a slow turn or a slow product movement was very different than being in accessories. Because at the time of this podcast recording, we just had the Oscars and there's trend reports and alerts. And if Lady Gaga had on the red carpet had a certain handbag, well, with no effort from the buyer, that handbag would sell out. Wow. Right. And so maybe you've got to scramble and refill stock, which is still fun and exciting. But this idea that this intern got to see a completely different side of business and industry and product and actually go, okay, someone only buys a mattress once every however many years. So how do we drive that business differently? Because if they could succeed in home, I often found you were really good, especially if you move to men's or women's uh, ready to wear. How fascinating. Really, it is. I mean, and it's such a great life lesson of sometimes you are given things that you didn't expect, but then end up learning so much from it. I think this is such a great life lesson for students and interns in general, because there will always be in any job you take, things that you don't want to do. But how many times have we seen these stories of people actually enjoying it and actually learning so much from it? I have had this happen several times in my life, and it has further expanded my knowledge and what I see myself doing. So it's such a great story that you share because I think it's a lot of people's stories. A lot of people's stories they don't know yet are going to happen. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that she was going to retire, right, as the vice president of selling mattresses. Yeah. And I think that's the <laughs> other side of it, too, is it was a great education and still maybe it isn't the area to be in. That's okay. And I think it's with any internship, right? The loss of that time and the value is if you don't take away the learning. And that's, again, that piece of like, it's one thing to have the experience, but the critical and where that magic happens is the reflection. Yeah, that is why we should have those candid conversations with our supervisors, with our team members, 
it's so important to reflect on what we like, what we don't like, how we're feeling, how this might be transferable to some other things we want to do, and not to feel weird about that in any way, because that's what internships are all about. So I'm so glad that you bring that up. So what advice would you give to college students or anyone looking for internships today? First and foremost, find one, do it. Even if that is not in a big name or a big city or anything, even if you can just adjust and find something even in the summer locally and just ask to be the intern, right? Just to go and soak up the knowledge. And then that's essentially the second one is just soak it up. Do not take for granted what is happening because sometimes we don't lift our head above the task to really understand the environment and to take those learnings and really reflect on them to better inform what the next decision or the next job opportunity is. Because that's the gift of the internship is a sneak peek, a preview. And then I think that's maybe my third one is I would treat it as an investment. I know for myself, part of probably why I didn't do anything like that is I got so excited that up in Logan, I could get an entire summer rent for, I think, $300. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so for me, I get it. I understand that sometimes funds are tight. But if someone had told me that if I had made an investment of $3,000 for an apartment in New York City for three months the dividend and the leg up you would have in your first time entry level job is just massive. And so I recognize that that's may not be possible for everyone Uh, might feel like going into debt. But I think that shift in view of it not being debt, but rather an investment. And what does that look like? What does that mean? And if you can invest in yourself now, I think it's very rare that that does not become a true return on your investment. Yeah. Investment is the key word here because there's been so many experiences in my life that I have thought, well, that doesn't seem maybe like the most financially prosperous or to go outside of the state even, but the benefit long-term from that, I mean, that's what you have to focus on, right? The networks you're getting, the experiences you're gaining, and not just that that looks so great on a, a resume that you went outside of your state, but that you really are getting an experience unlike anything else that you've had before. Absolutely. Also, you have a podcast yourself, um, Expand Your Zone, which I'm a fan of. So tell listeners more about that. Yeah. So I'm really lucky that I've been part of an organization called 100 Coaches, which is founded by Marshall Goldsmith. And as part of that effort, I've created Forefront, which is ultimately an organization to help accelerate the leadership and development of upcoming coaches and talent development professionals. And within that work, I've created an accountability group with others. And one of the big things I wanted to do this year was start a podcast. It's again, it's one of those dreams and people talk about it. And yes, I'm just another white male with a microphone. Um, (laughs) But I really started to think about it not just what am I doing in my business, but what are these conversations we're having? How are we advancing the conversations around leadership, but particularly this concept of expanding your zone? How do I take an experience from one location and apply it somewhere else? I've been really fortunate to have just world-class experts and leaders, New York Times bestselling authors multiple times over, as well as some incredible entrepreneurs come and literally just talk about their careers, their challenges, 
what it is they're trying to accomplish and what are they looking to do next. Awesome. And I, I really have enjoyed so many of the topics you've covered on that. I think they're so relevant in so many settings out there. So I am happy to geek out with you anytime. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been such an honor to interview you today. It was my absolute pleasure as well and happy to geek out anytime. Join us next episode where I'll be interviewing Jen Mejia to talk about CHG Healthcare Internships, which is a fantastic program that places high value on their interns and is unique by bringing interns together for a capstone project. Be sure to follow Inspiring Internships on Spotify, Apple, or SoundCloud, where new episodes come out on the first and third Thursday of the month. Thanks for listening.